J.C. Ryle's Devotional Thoughts on the Gospel of Luke Section 108 The Rich Young Ruler Luke chapter 18, verses 18 through 27 And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why call you me good? None is good, save one, that is God. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother. And he said, All these things I have kept from my youth up. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lack you one thing, sell all that you have, and distribute unto the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they that heard it said, Who then can be saved? And he said, The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. The story we have now read is three times reported in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke were all moved by the Holy Spirit to record the history of the rich young ruler. This fact should be noticed. It shows that there are lessons before us which demand special attention. When God would impress on Peter his duty towards the Gentiles, he sent him a vision which was repeated three times. Acts chapter 10, verse 16. We learn firstly from these verses to what lengths men may go in self-ignorance. We're told of a certain ruler who asked our Lord what he should do to inherit eternal life. Our Lord knew the ruler's heart and gave him the answer which was most likely to bring to light the real state of his soul. He reminds him of the Ten Commandments. He recites some of the principal requirements of the second table of the law. At once, the spiritual blindness of the inquirer was detected. All these, said the man, I have kept from my youth up. An answer more full of darkness and self-ignorance it is impossible to conceive. He who made it could have known nothing rightly, either about himself or God or God's law. Does the case of this rich ruler stand alone? Do we suppose there are none like him at the present day? If we do, then we are greatly deceived. There are thousands, it may be feared, in all our congregations who have not the least idea of the spiritual nature of God's law and consequently know nothing of their own sinfulness. They do not see that God requires truth in the inward parts, and that we may break commandments in our heart and thoughts, even when we do not break them in outward actions. Psalm 51, verse 6, Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 through 28. 
To be delivered from such blindness is one of the first things needful to our salvation. The eyes of our understandings must be enlightened by the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18. We must learn to know what God's opinion of us is. No man really taught of the Spirit will ever talk of having kept all God's commandments from his youth. He will rather cry with Paul, The law is spiritual, but I am carnal. I know that in me dwells no good thing. Romans chapter 7, verses 14 through 18. We learn secondly from these verses what harm one master sin may do to a soul. The desires which the rich ruler expressed were right and good. He wanted eternal life. There seemed at first sight no reason why he should not be taught the way of God and become a disciple, but there was one thing unhappily which he loved better than eternal life. That thing was his money. When invited by Christ to give up all that he had on earth and seek treasure in heaven, he had not faith to accept the invitation. The love of money was his master sin. Shipwrecks like this are sadly common in the church of God. Many other ministers who could not put their finger on many cases like that of the man before us. Many are ready to give up everything for Christ's sake except one darling sin. And for the sake of that sin, they are lost forevermore. When Herod heard John the Baptist, he heard him gladly and did many things. But there was one thing he could not do. He could not part with Herodias. That one thing cost Herod his soul. Mark chapter 6, verse 20. There must be no reserve in our hearts if we would receive mercy at Christ's hands. We must be willing to part with anything, however dear it may be, if it stands between us and our salvation. We must be ready to cut off the right hand and pluck out the right eye to make any sacrifice and to break any idol. Life, we must remember, eternal life is at stake. One leak neglected is enough to sink a mighty ship. One besetting sin obstinately clung to is enough to shut a soul out of heaven. The love of money, secretly nourished in the heart, is enough to bring a man, in other respects, moral and irreproachable, down to the pit of hell. We learn thirdly from these verses how great is the difficulty of a rich man being saved. Our Lord declares this in the solemn comment that he makes on the ruler's case. How hard it is for rich people to get into the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The truth which our Lord lays down in this place is one which we may see confirmed on every side. Our own eyes tell us that grace and riches seldom go together. 
Not many mighty, not many noble are called. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. It is a plain matter of fact that comparatively few rich men are to be found in the way of eternal life. For one thing, riches incline their possessors to pride, self-will, self-indulgence, and love of the world. For another thing, the rich man is seldom dealt with faithfully about his soul. He is generally flattered and fawned upon. The rich have many friends, Proverbs 14, verse 20. Few people have the courage to tell him the whole truth. His good points are grossly exaggerated, his bad points are glossed over, palliated and excused. The result is that while his heart is choked up with the things of the world, his eyes are blinded to his own real condition. We should not wonder that a rich man's salvation is a hard thing. Let us beware of envying rich men and coveting their possessions. We little know what we might come to if our desires were granted. Money which thousands are constantly wanting and longing for, money which many make their God, money keeps myriads of souls out of heaven. Those who would be rich fall into temptation and a snare. Happy is he who has learned to pray, give me neither poverty nor riches, and is really content with such things as he has. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 9, Proverbs 30 verse 8, Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5. We learn lastly from these verses how mighty is the power of God's grace. We see this in the words which our Lord addressed to those who heard him speaking of the rich man's danger. Our Lord's reply is broad and full. The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. By grace a man may serve God and reach heaven in any condition of life. The word of God contains many striking instances in illustration of this doctrine. Abraham and David and Hezekiah and Jehoshaphat and Josiah and Job and Daniel were all great and rich. Yet they all served God and were saved. They all found grace sufficient for them and overcame the temptations by which they were surrounded. Their Lord and Master still lives, and what He did for them He can do for others. He can give power to rich Christians to follow Christ in spite of their riches. Let us beware of allowing ourselves to suppose that our own salvation is impossible because of the hardness of our position. It is too often a suggestion of the devil and our own lazy hearts. We must not give way to it. It matters not where we live, whether hovel or palace. It matters not what our income may be, whether we are burdened with riches or pinched with poverty. Grace, and not place, is the hinge on which our salvation turns. Money will not keep us out of heaven if our hearts are right before God. Christ can enable us to win our way through every difficulty. I can do all things, said Paul, through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13.